Good day, Golden City Alliance Fellowship. Uh, I welcome you to this day's Sunday gathering, and I thank the Lord that you are with me uh, this day, worshiping the Lord in each of our homes. Today, we are celebrating our Resurrection Sunday, as I would prefer to call it, rather than the Easter. Uh, we are celebrating the Resurrection Sunday. Uh, will you please say that to your seatmates, wherever you are? Happy Resurrection Sunday. And I thank the Lord that uh, we can study God's Word uh, today. If you have your Bibles with you, please open it with me in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We will be focusing on verses 24 to 30. But uh, we, I will be summarizing also uh, the, very, the, the whole chapter of that uh, particular uh, the whole, of that particular story. I, thought, I titled the message for us this, more, this day as the hope-filled resurrection. The hope-filled resurrection and we will be focusing on one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is Thomas. But it's not only Th Thomas with whom I will be introducing you with. I would also like to introduce to you a man who is very famous uh, during the 1500s. And in fact, in the late 1500s, he was so famous that everything that he would say uh, are, are probably or would most likely be believed by the people back then, especially in the science world. His name is Aristotle. Aristotle claimed that Heavy objects compared to lighter objects uh, would fall faster you know, compared to the latter. And somehow when we think about it, it makes sense. In fact, during that time, uh, everyone in that particular time uh, believed that indeed heavier objects would fall faster than lighter ones. But there was one person who dared to challenge this belief of Aristotle. His name is Galileo. To test this, Galileo went up to the Tower of Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And at that time, he, uh, he dropped two objects of different weight from the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And guess what? When Galileo dropped those two objects with different weights, two of them, those two objects uh, hit the ground at the same time, uh, proving that whatever Aristotle have said is actually false. But because of Aristotle, uh, Galileo challenging the claims of Aristotle, he was actually fired from his job. But for his uh, uh, place in history, he showed us that you know, questioning or asking some questions or being a skeptic could actually be healthy at times. And psychologists would agree with that, that when we talk about the word skeptic or being a skeptic, there is actually a healthy part of it, but yet there is, actually, there is also a negative part of being a skeptic. A skeptic is actually uh, a goal. The goal is to advance one's knowledge through evidence inquiry, asking questions 
about the evidence of a particular claim. In a world now wherein there are a lot of fake news that is going around, we need a lot of people who are, who are healthy skeptics, who have a lot of healthy skepticism, wherein they would ask questions of the validity of that particular news or evidence. However, there is also an approach of skepticism wherein because of, for the sake of a prideful authority that is coming from a particular person, he would disregard whatever evidence and this kind of skepticism would easily turn into what we call as cynicism. Skepticism and cynicism is very different because the latter already have a conclusion in mind. Even through a lot of evidence that is presented, he will not believe. Talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is understandable that people today would tend to be skeptical about it, would ask a lot of questions about it because science has a lot of problem with this because they could never replicate how the resurrection was done, could not make sense of it. But however, even through a lot of arguments throughout the whole history has been given against uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it could never topple the kind of evidence of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ has been presenting to us, especially in the record of the Bible and uh, the records of, uh, of, of many writers in history. I would present to you four of these arguments against the resurrection and uh, let's see on how strong the evidence of the resurrection uh, for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people would say that probably the disciples during that time stole the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and continued to lie about His appearances to them. But looking into that argument of, uh, of these people, we will realize that it's actually very uh, not a very strong argument because it could never explain the kind of transformation that uh, these seeming lies have given to the disciples that they would rather die for this particular seeming or what they call as lie fabrication. It's difficult to explain that kind of argument. Another argument says that Jesus was actually not completely dead during that time when he was removed from the cross. But it would be highly unlikely for that to happen because the Romans during that time have mastered the art of killing a person through crucifixion. And if ever, if ever, somebody would be able to survive the crucifixion of the Romans it is very unlikely, it's highly unlikely that he would be able to stand up three days later, self-heal and push away the huge stone that was, uh, that was there at, at the front of the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ and out-muscle 
uh, the Roman guards who were there standing guard. The third argument against the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's uh, similar to the fourth, is that the, woman, the women had gotten probably lost during that time that instead of going to the actual tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, they went into another tomb. And another uh, skeptics, other cynic, cynic would say that Joseph of Arimathea probably uh, first placed the body of the Lord Jesus Christ at that particular tomb. And uh, the next particular hours, he took it out and placed it on another uh, a criminal's graveyard or whatever that was. Again, these arguments could not account the post-presence, uh, 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 appearance, the post-appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the same time, it could not explain the tremendous change that had happened to the disciples that they actually died for their faith, their belief that Jesus is alive. But you know, it was not always like this. It was not always that these disciples have this very strong faith in uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John ch chapter 20, uh, John gave a story, a record of all this. That in the very first day after the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, Mary, it was Mary who went to the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when, he, he, uh, when she was there at the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, she realized that Jesus was not there anymore. And because of this uh, alarm that she had with him, seeing the empty tomb, she ran back to the disciples, to the uh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially Peter. Peter was there. And she said to them, Jesus is not there anymore. It was an empty tomb. Peter heard of this. And uh, what uh, Mary actually have said in her conclusion of what is happening, she said in verse 2 that somebody had taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. And the disciples, Peter as well, as they, uh, after they heard what Mary said, they ran towards the tomb. Peter being a, a slow runner, he was the last one who arrived into the tomb and they have confirmed what Mary have said that it was an, actually an empty tomb. The, the, the big stone was rolled on the side. There is no more uh, Roman guards and the strips of linen was there lying around but there was no body of the Lord Jesus Christ. These particular disciples probably have said a few words in that tomb and they left. The Bible says that they left and Mary was there all alone and she was crying on the outside of the tomb. There were two angels who appeared before her and, uh, and the, the angel said to her, Why are you crying? And after that, Jesus appeared in front of her. And at first, Mary didn't know that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. But later, she understood and she realized that it indeed it was, his, it was her Rabboni or her teacher, Jesus Christ. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in response to Mary. Jesus said, 
Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father to my God and your God. Immediately after hearing those words, Mary, who was crying at that time, she ran towards uh, the disciples and Peter who are at their houses already and said these words that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Probably it was morning or almost lunchtime during that time when the disciples have heard this. According to Luke 24, they did not believe a word of what Mary said. They did not believe. Even through the evidence of Mary seeing, the testimony of Mary seeing the Lord Jesus Christ and the evidence of the empty tomb, they didn't believe. It was up until the evening. In the evening, probably from that moment on, up until the evening, Mary had been talking to each disciples and sharing her experiences to them. But even through all of this persuasion, these disciples did not believe in Mary. It was in the evening where uh, Jesus appeared in the midst of these disciples and Jesus said these words, Peace be with you. Probably these disciples also said, and also with you. But it didn't say there, didn't say anything about that. What it said there that when they saw Jesus Christ, flesh, the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, present during that time, they believed and all of their skepticism went out of the door and they were overjoyed. I believe that it was during this time that their doubts about the words of Jesus faded away. And the words of Jesus, when he said that he will suffer and die at the hands of the religious leaders and will be raised on the third day, it made sense to them during that time. But there was one disciple who was absent during that time. And we don't know where he was during that time. Probably he was walking around, uh, cooking something or whatever it is he was doing, but he was not there in the, uh, in the presence of Jesus. He came when Jesus was not there anymore. And all the disciples were overjoyed and very excited. They turned to Thomas and they said to Thomas, we saw Jesus in the flesh. But Thomas being a skeptic or probably a cynic, he said these words, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. Those were the words of Thomas that was very explicit and clear to all disciples. I will not believe. And you know what? This stance of Thomas, his unbelieving stance, went on for one week. He went on for, it went on for one week. 
probably during the time the disciples were already persuading Thomas and in saying to him that we saw Jesus in the flesh. Probably some of them have touched the Lord Jesus Christ and have seen him and have smelled the Lord Jesus Christ. And during that time, maybe those Roman guards have already went on to their uh, superiors and to the religious leaders and have told them that Jesus was alive and the tomb was empty. And you will realize that in history, the Romans and the religious leaders of the Jews did not actually object to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, they did something to cover that up. That is a pretty heavy evidence of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And during that one week, there had been a lot of promotion probably around. But yet, even through all of these evidences after evidences, Thomas did not believe. For many of us who are listening today, listening to this message at our homes, I know that all of you have no issue of the validity and the truthfulness of the resurrection of Christ. In fact, you are listening to this preaching right now because of the fact that you believe that Jesus is alive and you are celebrating it. But one of the things, one of the issues, the very issue that I want to bring to you, to your table, is also the issue that Thomas is struggling right now. And it's actually an issue of faith. Thomas is wrestling in this story, wrestling in his faith, more than just the question, is Jesus alive? Because the evidences were there. And those are pretty strong evidences. But it is the issue of faith in seeing Jesus for who He is. Now, let me tell you this. For three years, Thomas has been following the Lord Jesus Christ. Thomas has been seeing the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has been hearing the amazing teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he saw all of these things, he has in his heart and in his mind that, uh, he, that, that we have here a Messiah that will finally restore the glory of Israel just like it was during the time of David and the time of Solomon. This Messiah that I am following, that I have been following for three years will kick out these Roman uh, uh, rulers and will kick out these uh, proud religious leaders and we will have the glory of Israel once again uh, be seen just like the time of uh, Solomon and David. But yet, this Messiah died. And with his death, all of the hopes and dreams of Thomas went on to his grave. During this time, 
Thomas was hopeless. And to hope again would be so hard for him. To trust again will be a very hard thing to do. You see, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, more than just believing that Jesus is alive, it's an actually an issue of faith. Will I have faith again? Will I hope again? I have already been scarred. I have already been bruised. My hopes and dreams died with that Messiah. Will I trust again? Will I hope again? Are you in that kind of situation this time? Are you struggling with your faith? I know and you know that you believe that Jesus is alive. But the question now is not about do you believe that Jesus is alive? The question is do you believe enough in the resurrection that it would transform you from a person who is struggling with your faith, a person who is struggling with fear and worries because of what is going on around. Will you believe in the resurrection? Is your faith in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ so there that it transforms you? For Thomas, he would not believe. And for one week, he would not believe. Exactly a week later, after the doubtful declarations of Thomas, the disciples again were gathered in their houses, in their house. Everybody was present now, including Thomas. The Bible says that even though the house was locked, Jesus came and stood among them. And again, Jesus said these words, Peace be with you. And also with you. Again, it's not written there. And then he, from looking into the disciples, he looked to Thomas, eye to eye, and said these words to Thomas, put your finger here, Thomas. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it here and put it in my side. Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Very sharp words, steady words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seeing Jesus and hearing those words, Thomas was dumbstruck. The Jesus he was serving is alive and all his doubts and cynicism ran out of the door at that time. And he declared these words of faith. Very powerful, very heavy words of faith. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. These words are deep. These words are full of faith. And these words are very theologically true. And you know what's the response of the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said this, Blasphemy! Blasphemy! I am not God! Blasphemy, Thomas! Friends, disciples, stone Thomas to death 
because he is saying blasphemous words. Was that the reply of Jesus? Was that the reply? Look at your Bibles. Was that the reply of Jesus? For some people out there who do not believe in the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is divine, that Jesus is God, look into these words because this was the reply of Jesus. Jesus said, because you have seen me, Thomas, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. There are two things that Jesus acknowledged here. Two things. First, Jesus acknowledged the faith of Thomas expressed through these words. Jesus acknowledged that these words of faith are completely true of him. That Jesus is indeed Lord and God. Lord and God. And this is one of the evidences, many evidences of the Bible that proclaims the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for many of you who knows of people, people and knows of many religion who denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, even through many of the evidences, a lot of strong evidences in the Bible, then you can say that these people are actually cynic, faithless people who do not have faith. That, the first, that is the first acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, Jesus also acknowledged that there is a kind of faith, according to Jesus, that is more blessed than the kind that Thomas showed. These are those who have faith, who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though they have not seen Him physically. Now you ask, is this what they call the blind faith, wherein you just put your faith in something or in Jesus, even without questions of healthy skepticism. No. What it's saying here is that blessed are those who have faith, who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though they do not see Him physically. But it doesn't say there that we, we should not look into the evidences that are presented about him in his words, the, the evidences about Jesus historically, and all those strong evidences of the Lord Jesus Christ, because there are pretty heavy ev evidences of the deity of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who do not believe are cynics and faithless people. Now, this is the heart of the resurrection. I want you to remember this. In a doubtful world, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ calls us to believe, pushes us to believe, even if we do not see Him physically. What is it that we should believe in? Believe in what? To believe in Jesus as the Messiah. As the next verse would say, the Messiah, the Son of God, our Lord and our God, 
as the declaration of Thomas, uh, what he said. And the promise is this, that by believing, you may have life in his name. Life in his name. If we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a young pastor named Carl Gustav Boberg. He was 26 years old during that time in a place in Sweden. The story goes that right after the Sunday service, the afternoon of that particular Sunday, Carl Boberg and the church that was where he was staying as well in the mountainside experienced a strong thunderstorm during that time. From the perch of his mountains, he experienced the strong winds that is banging on to the walls of his uh, church. He looked outside to his window and he saw a better view uh, of the hillside and the valley down there and saw the strong winds that is battering through the houses and the trees and the uh, plants that was there down that particular field and valley. And it went on and went on as long as the storm was there. While the storm passed, as the storm passed, Boberg again, Carl Gustav Boberg once again looked outside of his windows and looked beyond uh, uh, the storm and looked above and he saw a clearing. There was no more uh, thunderous clouds that was gathering. And instead, it was a clear sky and in the middle of that clear sky was a clear rainbow that was there. And when Carl Gustav Boberg saw that particular rainbow, his heart was full of thanksgiving and was full of worship because he remembered the story of Noah. He remembered that God is a promise keeper and he remembered the faithfulness of God. And at that particular time, he was worshiping the Lord. He was singing songs to the Lord. And he actually wrote some of those words that he sang on for the Lord during that time. And these were the words. Karl Boberg said, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And Karl Boberg continued on with this word, and when I think of God, his son not sparing, he sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. And that on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and he died to take away my sin. With words of worship and with words of passion, he said this, Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Each of us during these times may experience the, the thunderstorms of life. The dark clouds of disappointments, the dark clouds of uh, 
being unsure of life. Whatever emotions or line of thoughts or experiences you are into right now, please believe that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is calling you, is pushing you to believe in Jesus. You put whatever situation, whatever experience before that, you may even say that in a painful world, you may say that in a fearful world, or you're experiencing an unloving situation in an unloving world, in a materialistic world, in a sick world, in a world full of pandemic, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ calls us to believe in Jesus. The kind of faith that would transform our lives. The kind of faith that pushes away whatever cynicism and whatever fear and whatever doubts or whatever worries that comes with that cynicism and with that negative kind of skepticism. Jesus is alive and that truth should transform each of our lives. Will you believe in Jesus? Will you believe in Him? Will you believe that He is a promise keeper? Will you believe that your, your shepherd can lead you to a place where you can glorify Him? You can bless His name. He can lead you to a place where hope is full, where joy is full, where your satisfaction is complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for your words of truth. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand upon this truth that you are alive and because you are alive, you are working in each of our lives. By grace, we can experience your transforming power. By grace, we can experience a full life even through the pandemic that is going on around us. I pray, Father, that you would visit each of the families my brothers and sisters who are listening right now in their homes, wherever they are, I pray that you would bless them at this time with all spiritual gifts and that their hearts will turn from fear into courage, from worries into faith, from melancholy into hopeful faith in Jesus Christ. That even through these times, you can and you will use us to be a blessing to people for your glory and honor. And even through these seeming dark times around us, our joy is complete in Jesus. Our satisfaction is complete in Him. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless all of us.